Welcome to the Fried Harman Leadership Podcast from the Center for Excellence in Spiritual Leadership, the podcast dedicated to developing and encouraging spiritual leaders for the kingdom. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5. In this episode, we're going to be thinking about where we are going as a congregation. And we have here Dr. Donnie DeBoard here with us to discuss this. Welcome. Hey, Josh. Appreciate you so much. I appreciate the work that you're doing with the podcast. I appreciate you being here at Frieda Hardman. Uh, you bring a lot of uh, really great blessings to the university. The students uh, love you, and we appreciate you all so much. Look forward to uh, being with you here for a really long time. Well, thank you, Donnie. I appreciate working here with you and got to know you through the last uh, few years and really appreciate that and your knowledge and uh, your passion for teaching and for the Lord's Church and for preaching. We work together with the Preachers Club here and uh, really try to encourage young men to go out and preach the gospel. Uh, Donnie, tell us um, a little bit about yourself first. Uh, how many years have you been at Freed Harmon, and, and what's your area of emphasis here? Okay. Uh, well, I met my wife, Jessie, here at Freed Hardeman uh, back in the early part of the 2000s, and we were married in 2005, just after we graduated with our bachelor's degrees. Uh, my wife went on and got a master's in counseling, and I got a master of arts in New Testament, a master of divinity, here from Fried Hardeman. Uh, a few years later, I went to Midwestern Seminary in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and got a THM and a PhD in systematic theology. And so while I've been here the last three years, I've been teaching systematic theology and other uh, biblical courses that we have, of course. And But my focus is really on systematic theology and one that I hope to uh, help, a field that I hope to help grow here uh, at the school and uh, help us to do better in the brotherhood as well. Well, you're doing that, I, I believe, in, in talking to our students about the importance of understanding systematic theology. And it's a, that's a big word that often intimidates people, but really it's, it's very practical and it's very important for us to understand right. uh, systematic theology. Yeah, really and truly, it's just the study of God and everything in relation to God. And that, I think that uh, definition of systematic theology is helpful uh, for our podcast today as we think about where we are going and what we need to be doing as leaders for local congregations. If this uh, systematic theology is the study of God and everything in relation to God, I think that's really the way life should be, not just for a, a systematic theologian like myself, but for church leaders, congregations, for our, our nursery class, and for our senior saints. We all need to be living with our life focused on God and everything we do in life focused on how that relates to God. And if we focus that way on everything else that we do, then we'll find that everything seems to fall into a place uh, properly arranged by the Lord for the Lord's glory so that we can be with him forever. So so the, the theme, the title of our podcast today is, is where are we going? And so, you know, if I'm going to be going to uh, on, on a mission trip, let's say, and so I, I know where I'm going. I've got to think about how am I going to get there, mm -hmm. airplane, uh, driving, and so we have a destination, but it all begins with thinking about that end destination. Like you, yeah. you don't just accidentally get there; you intend to get there. Right. So, as as a congregation, we often couch this under vision, often mm -hmm. under the idea of direction. And so, what you're saying is, uh, congregations ought to think about where they're going. Mm -hmm. And so. Where is it that they want to get to? And so what are you saying that should be? What should be our destination? Right. I hope that our destination is God. Now, typically, we get distracted, I think, with a lot of other things. We get distracted with a lot of really good things. It sort of reminds me of driving to Disney World, as my family does, and we probably will end up doing it again. But as we go to Disney World, our goal is to be at 
Disney World. But I always like to get distracted because there'll be a Chick-fil-A for breakfast, there'll be a Zaxby's, there'll be a Cracker Barrel. And I can tell you about all the different Cracker Barrels and Chick-fil-A's between uh, West Tennessee and Orlando, Florida. That's really my favorite part of the trip is going out to eat at all these different places. And I tend to miss out whenever I get to Disney World. And I don't really like the rides either. So I'm really focused on the food once I get there still yet. But a lot of times I find that in congregations and in the life of Christians in general, we get distracted with this really good stuff but the really good stuff is supposed to be pointing us to God and we make this really good stuff sort of the end all uh, for our goals. So we focus on having a good marriage but we forget that if we're going to have the best possible marriage then we need to have a marriage that's focusing the uh, husband and wife and the children on the Lord and we focus on being really great parents but if we will focus on how we can direct our children and direct our parenting back to the Lord, I think we're going to be a lot better parents than if we just focus on just a very pragmatic uh, pragmatic uh, things that we can do to help us to uh, facilitate our children's growth. If we'll really push them to be with the Lord and to f- force them to focus on God, then we're all going to benefit a lot more. Uh, one of my favorite theologians is uh, John Owen. Now, a lot of folks don't know anything about John Owen. I was talking to some students today, and they had never even heard of John Owen before. They have now, uh, but they hadn't heard of him before. But one of the things that he does really well is to help people focus on God and not the other stuff going on. It was said not of John Owen, but of Jonathan Edwards, that he was so heavenly minded that he was no earthly good. Now, we say that a lot about maybe some other people, but I think that Edwards was on the right track, that he was so heavenly minded that he was really good for other people. And I think that will be good for us if we can be focused on the Lord so much that whenever people are around us, they realize that we're not about this earth. We're rather focused on God and the things of God. After all, this is what God told us to do, isn't it? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, not to have all this other stuff, not to focus on other things that are really good, but to really focus on God. So here's what Owen said. He said, our fellowship with God, our communion with God can Insists in his communication of himself to us, and then our return uh, unto him of that which he required and accepts uh, from us. So, as we're thinking about our relationship with the Lord, we need to realize that as we are developing uh, what the church is going to do, what we're going to do in our spiritual life, that it needs to be focused on how we can find God, how we can be in fellowship or communion with God, because that's the most important thing. It's the most important thing in my marriage, in my personal life, as a parent, as a preacher, hopefully that's the most important thing. But uh, even as we develop our worship services, we can see the distraction a bit. Think about how many sermons that you preach and all of the different titles that you have, all the different doctrines that you want to focus on, all the different things you want to persuade people to do. How many times is preaching an act of worship? How many times is your main focus to get people to glorify God or to see something huge about God that they need to uh, have as an impact for their life? Yes, I've often heard it said that the enemy of the best is often the good. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're talking about here, that we allow good things to supplement what's really the best. And and when this concept... uh, Dr. DeBoard, I think you're, you're saying that we get distracted and our consumer-driven Christianity mm-hmm. has emphasized so much practical things mm-hmm. that people often like, 
but often don't really take them to the best. And so, and certainly we're not saying that God is your life. So if we'll stop with the pragmatism and focus on adoring God and building this relationship, everything else is going to fall into place. It's going to work out. But you've got to have this adoring relationship with God first. It, it's, it gets back to your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like on your anniversary, Donnie. Your wife doesn't want you just to show up with flowers and chocolate and say, I got these for you. Well, yeah. why'd you get these for me? Well, because it's her anniversary and the culture says I've got to. Yeah. It's my duty. I, I've got to mm-hmm. get these for you. No wife's going to be pleased with that. She may throw them back at you. Yeah. But if you bring the flowers and you say, I brought these because they're a symbol of my love. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to get these today. But I wanted to give them to you because this is a small token of how much I appreciate and love you and for all that you do for me. Yeah. That's love. Yeah. That's a heart. Yeah. And and if you get the heart right, everything falls in line. I think mm-hmm. didn't Jesus say something about that in Matthew six twenty one? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so this this is the idea of getting our heart right. Mm-hmm. And even helps us with specific obedience or precision obedience. I know my wife does not like flowers on, on her anniversary, birthday, or Christmas or anything. They're just a lot of money, and then they're going to die. She would rather <laughs> rather me take her out and get a steak or something. So we can both enjoy that uh, because I know her, I love her, and I appreciate her. I want to uh, meet her love language. We can apply the same relationship, the same principles to God, that we know who God is, and then we see what he has said. So that leads us to a precision obedience, doesn't it? It, mm-hmm. it forces us to want to do what God wants done rather than what we think we should do or what we feel better doing or how we feel that we could express ourselves better. We want to do what God wants us to do. We want to make him happy above everything else. And this is going to be the case if we actually adore him. If we're still in love with ourselves, our worship services are going to reflect that. Our church programs are going to reflect that. And our evangelism will reflect that too. We'll say, come look at our preacher rather than come see Jesus. Yes, right. We'll come say, come see our new building, not come see what God has done in the lives of these people. So let's focus on God rather than ourselves, rather than our own desires, our own wants. Let's not create God in our own image, but instead let's truly adore our God. Now this is done primarily through reading the Bible, uh, through praying, through our worship that is actually worship. Uh, These are the ways that we can develop these spiritual activities that help us to have an appropriate relationship with God that is actually beneficial, not one in which we feel like God is a, a taskmaster or a dictator, or just somebody that says, you've got to do all this stuff, and I'll help you on occasion. Or I'll, I might make you feel better on, you know, when you've had some really bad days. Instead, we actually have a God that we trust because we adore him, and we know that he is transcendent above anything that we could ever uh, hope, think, ask, or imagine. What's your third thing, Donnie? All right. Third thing is that we need to adjust our expectations. Uh, instant gratification is huge. And we expect to go to church and really get something out of it. But that's not what worship is, right? We go to church looking for something that we can take home. But the main objective for church is to worship. These are worship services. Whenever we're thinking about the life of the church, the main focus needs to be, what am I going to do for God's glory today? So we need to adjust our instant gratification culture. We need to adjust our focus, adjust our goals, so that the blessings of this life, these things are just gifts from God that we use to glorify our God. These are things that we see and enjoy, but all of these things are just there so that we learn to appreciate God better. Job is an excellent example of this. 
Uh, Job displays how all of our confidence should always be in God rather than in all the uncertainties that we have in life. If Job was raised in a uh, church that was given to moral therapeutic deism, as we talked about, a church that, you know, we're here to make you happy, we're here to make you better, we're here to make you uh, have a better family, to have a healthier life, I can't imagine why Job would have stayed faithful because all of those things were taken away from him. But Job's devotion was to the Lord. Job's devotion was set on God. His heart was set on God. He says, I know my Redeemer lives, and after this uh, flesh and bloody, this flesh and blood has decayed, I will see him. I will see him. My eyes shall behold him. That's got to be our focus as well. So his thoughts, I think, are excellently echoed, if we can go back to John Owen for a second. As Owen was about to die, he says, The long-wished-for day is come at last in which I shall see that glory in another manner than I have ever done or was ever capable of doing in this world. That's what Paul's looking at, too, isn't it? He says, I have finished this race. And now I'm looking forward to being with God. It's better for me to be with him. This is what I've been living for. Well, if that's what we should be living for, that's what we need to be doing church for. This is the way we need to arrange church so that people are looking forward to heaven. And coming together as a church family is just a little glimpse of that. So it's going to reshape all of our focus, all of our activities, so that we have this God-centeredness rather than a self-centeredness or even a benevolent-centeredness But to really focus on God is what we exist for. So that's what we need to be doing. Thank you, Donnie. And, and a lot of this is, is very countercultural and not allowing just the culture to set what a church should be mm-hmm. and expectation for what a church should be. It's almost counter church culture too. Yeah, it is, it is. And especially the way the church culture has been pushed since the 80s of a very mm-hmm. consumer driven. And, and there's being some pushback to that, I think now, but especially this mindset that we've just got to have all these services and we've got to meet all of these needs mm-hmm. of people. The Lord meets the needs. Right. We're, we're, we're offering the Lord, and we need to keep that as our focus. Right. Um, well, we're out of time. I appreciate you being here on the a podcast with us, and thank you so much for bringing this good content. Uh, I want to close by asking you, do you have any any final thoughts or, excuse me, anything to wrap this up that you would like to share before we uh, close out today? Uh, no, Josh, I just really appreciate you, the podcast, all that you're doing in the Center for uh, spiritual excellence and leadership. Appreciate all the good work. Appreciate your family. I appreciate all of you guys. Well, thank you. And we do likewise yourself. And thank you for bringing us this content. And uh, let me encourage our listeners out there to uh, rate our podcast, share our podcast with others, uh, share it with other church leaders, and help this to continue to spread and grow. Uh, thank you. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon your church leadership that God may be glorified in all that we do and all that we say. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fried Harmon Leadership Podcast. For more great content and to see the services the Center for Excellence in Spiritual Leadership offers your local congregation, please visit www.supportingspiritualleadership.com. Until next time, remember, God uses ordinary people to lead His people into extraordinary feats. <laughs>